Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Nsamo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the National Hockey League, your Toronto Maple Leafs. Today is finally the day the Toronto Maple Leafs will be taking on the Buffalo Sabres in the 2022 Heritage Classic game live at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, Ontario. Capacity is rumored to be at 27,000 for the 4 p.m. puck drop today. It is going to be an amazing atmosphere. As we both know, Leaf Nation and Sabres Nation are both awesome, awesome fan bases. Uh, They're very passionate about their team, and an outdoor event like this is going to be special. That is for sure. The Maple Leafs will be wearing their dark blue threads with a crystal white crest on the center in the shape of a T, throwing it back to 1917, which is the days of the T arenas, as the Buffalo Sabres will be wearing also a very nice jersey, a darker toned classic, white trimmed with gold, white, and blue, with the original current Buffalo Sabres crest uh, through the middle. You know, both jerseys are magnificent. I'm a big fan of both. Uh, I actually bought the T arenas jersey uh, this week. Uh, I will be in attendance for this game today. I'm super looking forward to it. It will be my first outdoor event uh, for an outdoor hockey game within the NHL. So I'm really looking forward to that. Weather today is expected to be chilly. Minus one for the time of puck drop. So not too bad for in terms of outdoor game weather. But uh, definitely worth it to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs in an outdoor event uh, in Hamilton, Ontario. But with that... Let's dive into the pregame a little more now, and because uh, you know, as much fun as this going as this is going to be, it is a regular season matchup, and these two points are actually very important. With uh, Boston slowly creeping up back into uh, the Atlantic race here, so you know this is a Sabres team that just came into Scotiabank Arena last week and beat the Maple Leafs five one, five one. Yes, very, very tough game. Uh, but, you know, the Maple Leafs are 37-16-5. and five. They are third in the Atlantic. And the Buffalo Sabres are 19-32-8 and eight and currently sit seventh in the Atlantic division. So, obviously, the Maple Leafs are going to be favored in this one. But I know that might not be the case to a lot of people since Peter Morazic is confirmed to be starting in this one. Oh, Peter Morazic. He has a 10-5-0 record with a 3.43 goals against average and a .884 save percentage. Going against expected Craig Anderson, who's 9-8-0, 3.01 goals against average, and a 9.04 save percentage. Clearly, the goaltending matchup leans in favor of Buffalo this season by a pretty fair margin, but, you know, Peter Morazic's had his struggles, yes. And I just want to get this out of the way. Uh, because this is not expected to be a long episode. This is a small little pregame for the very special event going on today. But Peter Morazic, he's had a tough season. But, you know, it's clear now that his time in Toronto is not, well, it's hard to say because it looks like it's 
kind on the it's it's on track to be coming to an end very soon with rumors of a bio potentially as we approach the trade deadline uh you know it really hasn't gone his way a lot of that was because of how much time he missed early on in the year with injury but now it looks like he's just way out of form and uh you know it's tough and when you're a goalie it snowballs and that's just what happened and he's really struggled to find a groove and you know a lot of people are looking at this one as his game as like a revenge game and all that but it is an outdoor game i know a lot of people might expect this to be a more tight-knit hockey game no i'm sorry but uh the outdoor games are usually less system based and more kind of just free hockey offensive uh if you look at the scores from pretty much any of the recent outdoor games the the scoring is always in the upper numbers so if you're betting on tomorrow's game definitely take the over uh you know it's a lot more open hockey uh both teams throwing chances back and forth so you know i'm excited to see what morazic can do this week because it is a very very important week for the toronto maple leafs they have the Dallas Stars coming to town on Tuesday and the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday. Uh, definitely two really good sides there. So, you know, this is a big week for Morazic. I think I look at Morazic here as more of a week to prove uh, the Maple Leafs fan base and, you know, more importantly, the Maple Leafs management that he is capable of being on this roster. But uh, tomorrow, no doubt, he is going to have to be on his game. And, you know, he has these beautiful dark navy pads to match the uniforms tomorrow and uh you know he's got a beautiful helmet to go along with it so maybe that helps him perform well but you know Morazic's style is definitely on point for today's game um you know it's very sharp looking and the whole setup together looks absolutely beautiful as uh, what we saw yesterday on uh the practice uh, uh the turn of the practice session sorry but in that case you know going against craig anderson we saw what he did in the last game against the maple leafs i told you guys he's having a very sneaky underrated season uh you know people look at his age and obviously you know he's in his 40s um but you know he still maintained when he's healthy he maintains solid nhl numbers uh so it's not like you know it's like a, it's elite. craig anderson's about league average now maybe that tier below because he doesn't have the ability to stay as healthy as he did in his prime years. But he's still giving Buffalo, you know, some decent goaltending for a team that's nowhere near the top of the standing. So, you know, credit to Craig Anderson, but this is a guy that the Leafs should be able to put the puck behind uh, if they are on a mission to make it out of the first round. Because if you're going against Vasilevsky, Bobrovsky, or Jeremy Swayman, <laughs> you know, then you should have no problem going against Craig Anderson. Uh, but, you know, let's kind of go off the goalie talk. There's been so much goalie talk here in Toronto over the last week. I'm sure you guys might be sick and sick of, and sick and tired of that conversation. So let's go to the numbers now. Uh, goals clearly favor the Leafs. The Leafs are third in the league. Buffalo is tied for 25th. Uh, the Leafs clearly shoot more on average, ranking 7th. Buffalo's 23rd. The power play percentage is a huge difference. Toronto Maple Leafs are back in first place as the Buffalo Sabres are 19th. Uh, shooting percentage, the Toronto Maple Leafs are tied for 7th. The Buffalo Sabres are tied for 25th. And face-off percentages is probably the biggest gap uh, that the Leafs are going to see for a long time here as the Maple Leafs are first in the NHL going against the last place Buffalo Sabres in terms of winning face-offs. Uh, let's go to the defensive metrics now. 
In terms of goals allowed, Toronto 17th, Buffalo's 27th, so that leans in the Leafs' favor. In terms of shots on goal allowed, the Leafs are actually 10th in that. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres are 30th. In penalty kill percentage, the Buffalo Sabres are 22nd. The Maple Leafs are 5th, so another advantage there to Toronto. And in terms of penalty minutes, the Leafs are the second least penalized team in the National Hockey League, and the Buffalo Sabres are 13th. So, you know, looking at the metrics, uh, it's clear the Leafs are going to have to take advantage of possession of the puck, and, you know, the face-off percentage is so vast in difference. It's, it's a dramatic drop-off from the Leafs to Buffalo, literally top to bottom of the league. So, you know, if the Maple Leafs are able to win possession and, uh, you know, create more opportunities with the puck in a very open ice game and a very open kind of hockey game, which the outdoor games usually are, as I mentioned earlier, you know, this should heavily be in the Leafs' favor, right? And I think this is why we're seeing Jason Spezza draw back in because we know his ability on the face-offs. And uh, with this, that means, unfortunately, Robertson is going to be a scratch tomorrow. I think this was also kind of a classy move because, you know, Spezza is a veteran, so to give him this game and a scratch and would be kind of tough for everything he's given to the Maple Leafs and uh, how dedicated he is to this team. Um, but, you know, the Maple Leafs are going to need to maintain possession of the puck uh, to win this one. I think that's a big advantage there. Also, the power play opportunities, those are going to be important. But, you know, this is a game that <laughs> it's tough because it is an outdoor game. And, um, you know, you got to respect the Buffalo Sabres for what they did last week. But, you know, Toronto should take care of Buffalo. And that's no disrespect to Buffalo. Buffalo, you know, has really surprised me this year. I think they've surprised a lot of people. Their compete level, uh, they're definitely taking, you know, steps forward in their rebuild. And, uh, you know, ever since they got rid of Jack Eichel, the pieces they brought over, like Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck, have certainly you know, lived up to expectations and uh, that those are guys to watch out for tomorrow. And with that, I think it's time to go into the line combinations because this Buffalo team is sneaky good, but you know, Toronto should be able to take care of them. But with that, let's go to the lines here. Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, and Alex Tuck are on line one. Victor Olofsson, Casey Middlestat, and Vic, and uh, Kyle Okpososori are on line two. Line three is Peyton Krebs, Dylan Cousins, and Vinny Hinnestroza. And the fourth line is John Hayden, Cody Eakin, and Rasmus Asplund. Uh, you know, this isn't an offensive unit that's got the depth throughout it. It's very underrated. You know, Olofsson and Jeff Skinner in the top six on the left side. Uh, those guys are, you know, they can score at any given moment of the game. We saw that in the game against Toronto. Tage Thompson has kind of revitalized his young NHL career by moving to center in every metric in terms of offense and defense, it looks like that move to center has really, really found his game. And, you know, he's such a highly touted prospect. It looks like he's really found his footing now playing center here for the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, I think Alex Tuck helps him a lot with that. Uh, Alex Tuck, since, you know, coming back from his surgery, has been really, really good for the Buffalo Sabres. And he's going to be somebody to watch out for tomorrow. You know, he is so happy to be in Buffalo, his hometown team. His favorite team as a kid growing up. So, you know, playing in an outdoor game now, I'm sure this is going to mean a lot to him. So that's probably the guy that I'm watching out for most tomorrow. But that second line is really underrated. Casey Middlestat, we all know how highly touted of a prospect he was. Hasn't really found his stride in the NHL exactly yet. But he's had a quite a solid year in terms of, you know, progress. He's playing alongside Kyle Ocaposo, you know, the NHL veteran. Extremely hard worker. 
definitely not what he was back in his prime years, but you know, still a threat uh, in terms of you know both ways of the ice, offensively, defensively. Really good in the corners and uh, you know puck battles and stuff like that. So he's hard to play against. Really hard worker. So with Victor Olofsson on the left, you know his goal scoring ability and what he can do. Uh, this line has mixed really well together. It's gelled pretty well, and they gave the Leafs some fits in the game last week. So it's definitely going to be something to watch out for. But the third line here, Peyton Krebs and Dylan Cousins, that duo, it's probably the Sabres' next building core duo here in terms of offense. Dylan Cousins, we know what he did with Canada in the World Juniors. Right-handed shot, uh, right-handed shot, sorry, play center. Has really worked on his defensive side of the puck, but, you know, he's way more known for his offensive ability, and, uh, you know, he certainly brings that with the Buffalo Sabres. Being in his very young NHL career, uh, maintaining that third-line center role right now, he switches from top to bottom. They don't really have a first-line center here in Buffalo, but Dylan Cousins has certainly been impressive for, you know, league-wide hockey fans. Uh, He's a treat to watch. Uh, he's got some good speed, good size, and he's definitely going to be a good player for years to come. And uh, this is a slam dunk pick by Buffalo for sure. But on the side, on the right side of them is Vinny Hinestroza. And Vinny Hinestroza, we know what he did with his time in Chicago. Comes over to Buffalo. You know, hasn't had a fantastic tenor, but certainly a serviceable uh, right winger. And he's kind of being slotted with Krebs and Dylan Cousins on this line. But, you know his numbers are inflating because of it. And I mean, when you're playing with two of the best young talents in hockey in general, that's expected to happen. So Hinnestroza, we know he's really fast. He's really good in tight spaces and uh, you know, he's got some good hands too. So, you know, that's a player to, I wouldn't say watch out for, but you know, Vinny Hinnestroza isn't uh, no NHL just throw in. So with that, let's go to the fourth line, Rasmus Asplund, Cody Eakin and John Hayden. Rasmus Asplund, you know, at the start of the year before he got injured, he was having such a good season, occupying that second line center role. He was even on the top power play. But, you know, I guess as the depth chart kind of just flowed out here in Buffalo, especially after the Eichel trade, um, you know, he kind of really got pushed down the depth chart. And uh, he's now on that fourth line with Cody Eakin, who I don't think Cody Eakin's going to be in Buffalo past the trade deadline. You know, Cody Eakin, NHL veteran. Uh, I think a playoff team or a team that's fighting for a playoff spot might look at him. His cap hit is a little high, but it's reasonable. Uh, plays more of a defensive-based game. You can slot him on the penalty kill. Uh, this is a guy that I put in my draft board. I mean, uh, sorry, my target trade, my trade target board for the Maple Leafs because of you know maybe some camp insurance in case he goes down with injury. But uh, yeah, Cody Eakin, we all know what he's going to bring, and John Hayden is John Hayden. So I don't think I need to go much into depth there. Uh, you know, he's a right-handed shot, bigger, bigger player, very physical, likes to throw the body. So with that, let's go to the defense. Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Yokiharu are on pairing number one. Matias Samuelson and Jacob Bryson are on pairing number two. And pairing number three is Robert Hag and Casey Fitzgerald. Looking at their decor here, I know a lot of the names I just mentioned might not stand out to you guys, but they are very young and they have a ton of potential. I really like Jacob Bryson's game. I watched him a lot last year. You know, as a left-hand shot playing on the right side, he's got some sneaky offensive instincts. Now, he's not known to put up points, but when he's in the offensive zone, you guys are going to see tomorrow, he knows how to make the read. He knows how to throw the puck on that end. You know, I think Buffalo is a nice piece here 
Uh, he's a, certainly going to be a top four defenseman, in my opinion, if he keeps this progress up. He's already getting that time with the Sabres right now as they are in this rebuild phase. But behind them, Casey Fitzgerald and Robert Hag. That's probably the, the underrated pairing is what I'm going to say. Robert Hag, you know, he came over in the trade from Philly. You know, left-hand shot. A lot of people have linked them to the Leafs. You know, he's a sneaky good player. And I know the metrics aren't really supporting him this year, and it's been tough. But with Casey Fitzgerald, I'm a huge Fitzgerald fan. You know, smaller guy. Really physical. Not afraid to drop the gloves. Uh, right-handed shot. Of course, you know his dad is the GM of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, you know, he's another player that can make offensive reads. Uh, definitely going to be somebody to watch as the Sabres grow into a playoff contender in these next couple years because I like his competitiveness. Uh, he's really feisty and hard to play against. So, you know, this isn't the strongest decor in the NHL by far, but they have some, some names here, and it's only going to get better when Owen Power comes into the league next year. And uh, Henry Okiharu on the top line with Darlene. Those guys have played really well together. And Darlene, we all know, he's known for his skating ability and how elusive he is. So that is probably the player to watch out for on this decor. Obviously, he's on power play at Unit 1 for the Sabres. He was their first overall pick. So uh, Rasmus Darlene hasn't had the smoothest NHL career, but definitely still a player to watch out for. And, uh, you know, this Buffalo Sabres team, they're banged up. That's for sure. No Colin Miller tomorrow. Probably no Jurgensen's. No Butcher. No Drake Kajula. And obviously no Malcolm Subban. So, you know, those are guys that would clearly make a difference on this roster. But this team competes. And they are really hard to play against. And I'm sure they are going to be up to par tomorrow to play against the Maple Leafs. In an outdoor event that is going to be historic. And, uh, you know, I talked about the Leafs lineup. It's going to look a little different. Uh, than what we saw against the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, uh, the New Arizona Coyotes, sorry. But I think a lot of that, you know, it's not cause for concern. Like, it's tough because, you know, Robertson, he passes the eye test, as I said, many times. It's just the points aren't coming, right? He has the one goal in six games. And we see how effective he is in the game and, you know, the speed he brings and chances he creates. But the counting stats aren't there. And I, I think you got to start to worry about that a bit. But... The exact lineup for tomorrow right now is looking like Michael Bunting, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner on line one, followed behind Nylander, Tavares, and Andre Kasha. On line three, Mikheyev, Kampf, and Engvall. And line four, Simmons, Kerfoot, and Spezza. The extras were obviously Robertson and Clifford. And the D pairing is going to look like Riley Lilligren, Brody Hall, Sandine, and Leah Bushkin with Mrazek already confirmed in goal. Um... You know, it's it's not vast changes, as I said. Um, I kind of feel bad for Dermot, not in this one, and Robertson as well. This game, you know, it's it's definitely one they've had circled on the calendar. It's an outdoor game. I'm so excited to be there in attendance. Imagine being able to play in this game. So to sit out for this one, it must be so tough, especially for Robertson, who just came back from that gruesome leg injury, who's really worked his way back uh, with the Marlies, and then getting shot with the Maple Leafs here and getting his first NHL regular season goal. Um, but, you know, it's it's tough. But this, I think this is a solid lineup. I think Spezza coming in kind of gives the Leafs another uh, weapon on draws and take advantage of that advantage that the Leafs have in this game tomorrow. But, you know, I think it's also a classy move by 
Sheldon Keefe giving the veterans a chance. Like, I know I see a lot of people saying scratch Wayne Simmons. And, you know, that's a that's an interesting topic. And I'll touch on that for like a minute here before I wrap this up because I want this to be a, a short little like pregame episode. But, you know, with Wayne Simmons, yes, a lot of people are frustrated with the numbers offensively and his production. But, you know, age is certainly a factor. When you play the game at such a hard level and high level that he played at, over the years, your body is going to regress. And usually those declines are sharper. That's what I said a lot about with Jake Muzzin. But, you know, you take Wayne Simmons out of this lineup. And I remember I told you guys there was a video NHL alumni Tyler Kennedy posted. And he said, you know, himself from his playing days that when he knew that somebody had a guy in the lineup that would hold you accountable to, I guess, running, you know, other players, you were a lot less prone to do that. You kind of, you know, thought twice and didn't really do it as much. Whereas when teams didn't have a guy to send over the boards, uh, it would be basically reckless. Like they would have no problem going out there and laying the bodies. So, you know, I think you got to play Simmons uh, in this one, even if it's a fourth line spot, eight minutes a night, whatever you want to do. But he's, he's a factor. And I think he does his role well. Uh, sometimes, the offensive numbers are really tough. Like he had, like he had a stretch where I think it's still ongoing where he hasn't scored in like 27 games or something, 26. And, uh, you know, that's tough, but, uh, you know, I think his last goal against Edmonton actually when he had, you know, a really good game actually out there in Edmonton. But, you know, ever since then we haven't really seen the offensive production. I think that's what Sheldon keeps trying to find here in the Leafs is trying to find a balanced offensive unit, uh, that can get, goals from you know secondary scoring basically from up the whole lineup because uh you know in the playoffs matthews and Tavares' lines are going to be seeing the best matchups that they have seen all year so obviously i have no you know no uh <laughs> expectations of spetsa and mikhaev performing at matthews and Tavares' level just to give you examples but i have no concern that matthews and Tavares would fall off as you guys know I have such high hopes for this team in the postseason that I I said on the last episode that if the Leafs get knocked out in the first round, I will dye my hair. And I made that bet, and, uh, you know, I'm sticking to that. So that's the, that's the expectations I have with this team. I really think that they are for real. I think once the goaltending's solidified, that they are going to be a really, really, really good hockey team. Like, I know they are right now, but... You know what I mean? Like, I think I don't want to say contender just yet because I know Colorado is still probably a ways away and Carolina as well in the best seven, but a really, really good hockey team. And we know in the playoffs, you just need to be a good hockey team. That's all I'm going to say there. I know the luck hasn't really been out that way, but the pass is the pass, people. You got to be, you got to move on. Uh, you, you know, you just got to. So with that, I think that's all for me today. But uh, I thank you guys all for listening. Today's event is going to be so special, and I cannot wait. Go Leafs, go, or shall I say go to arenas, go, um, you know, Hamilton Field. Let's get loud. Leaf fans that are going there, be loud and support. I will be there, and uh, it's going to be probably the event of the season for Maple Leafs fans. So, Leafs Nation, that's all for me. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you're ready for today's match because I am so excited. Puck drop cannot be soon enough. Thank you for listening. That's all for me, folks. Go Leafs, go.